Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to the Believe in Badger Football Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by BetOnline.ag. Once again, I'm your host, Matt Perkins, joined, as always, by Badger legend, the Hebrew Hammer himself, Matt Bernstein. Matty, good to see you, as always, buddy. Oh, it's a great to see you and Clint and everyone with beards. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah, so uh, our guest today, uh, former UW Badger, college football scout, sort of uh, jack-of-all-trades, uh, you know, man of many talents, Clint Cosgrove. Clint, thanks so much for uh, hopping on with uh, the two mats today. No, I appreciate it. As most of you guys know, we're presented by betonline.ag, and it's better than ever. A new web interface for the start of basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. So head on over to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball postseason, NHL boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Uh, excited to be here. Haven't seen uh, the Hebrew Hammer in a while, so this is uh, refreshing. And uh, no, I'm excited to talk talk football. Hopefully, not too much about me. <laughs> what do you think? It's been like 16 years. Man, I think it might be more than that. What am I like? 38 now, 18, 19. Yeah, I mean, it was. It's 18, 19 years. It's nuts, man. It's crazy. But you look. Hopefully, we're identical. still around. <laughs> <laughs> From what I've seen, we won't get into it because we have a we have an off air um, handshake <laughs> that we cannot get into how much of a uh, degenerate we are. But you and I were very special together. Very special. And a lot of other guys. Let's just not. There were a lot of guys oh, yeah. who were in that yeah. mix. There was a Which bunch I think, of them. It was a, it was a good group. <laughs> it, it was a good group. It okay, now group. I have it was, to ask who who else was in the mix of you guys now. Oh god, oh, man, it was really almost everyone from the towers, and we kind of yeah. just filtered into any party or any bar as like freshmen. And I feel like we like went really harder than we probably should have. Oh, one hundred percent. Hey, we were living that dream, though. You know. You know, the Towers dream. We were living it. So yeah, fun fact yeah. fun fact about the Towers, A, I lived there as a freshman, and B, I was an RA there as a sophomore. Oh, gosh. What well, year? Uh, that would have been 0405 and 0506. Oh, yeah. We were, we were, we were yeah. out by then. Yeah, I was in the region you, by then. I was in Arizona out. State by then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, kicked, uh, they kicked the football team out after our year. I don't know if that was yep. because of the, the actual contract or because they were like, we cannot handle these kids anymore. Well, no, and they 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 sent you guys all over to the region because it's closer to the stadium. They sent all the, the guys second in. year. I don't know. Yeah, that yeah, was the worst. Year. That was another yeah. place like we kind of tore up a little bit. Well, so all those are owned by the same company, right? <laughs> so all towers, state cider, region. I forget what the other two named. They they had two other buildings as well. All those private dorms are all owned by the same company, or at least they were. I don't know. Maybe things have changed in the Lord knows how long a time it's been since we were there, but. <laughs> 
you know, uh, they were all owned by the same company. So I think they just wanted, I think, I assume the coaches just wanted to put everyone by the stadium, you know, so closer to workouts, but who knows? I just didn't like that. You could see the stadium. It was like, you were ne- you were always there. And then you looked at it all the time. Yeah. I'm like your window. Exactly. I actually looked I, I, at the OP and I would just yell at people going to get beer. It was hilarious. I just like, <laughs> get me more, get me some. Cause you know, the OP, uh, they would check your ID, but it was very lax. Yeah, things have changed in Madison. I think it was you, like Jason Palermo, like all all the guys who came from Edgewood and like around Madison yeah. told me the Schaber best things to do. And uh, you know, Catula, oh. well, those <laughs> Mark guys were, Bell. <laughs> you shouldn't say those names on. They, those are the guys who would come influence us at the towers. Yeah, <laughs> they, <laughs> because they missed their time at the towers. <laughs> yes. So it was basically, Matt, to get back to your question, it was, I know we're off on a tangent rate real quick, but anyone who was redshirting basically was part of this group, this crew. So if you, if you could think about that, there was like three starters, I think. And those were the guys who like did, or, and there were some God squad guys. So those are the guys who like didn't really participate, but like out of, let's say 20 guys, we had like 15 who really, I would say up their games. They made Sunday lists very hard for oh, me. Oh God. Oh Yeah. Um, hey, we, we were living that scout team dream back then, you know? There was <laughs> really? nothing to worry about. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, the scout team dream was getting yelled at by uh, John Palermo. I, I guess and that's my the dad. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, and your dad. Yeah. So the problem is Palermo outshined everyone, Huber, the whole crew. But, yeah, your dad would yell at us. I just love Palermo. Like, can you read a card? Like, are you stupid? You can't <laughs> read this card? It says to go block the DN. Like, how dumb are you? And I'm oh, like, yeah. I thought I blocked the DN. <laughs> I don't get it. It looked <laughs> like a DN. Guys running. I don't even understand what's going on here. <laughs> Who's the DN on our team? to do that as a GA. Have to run the scout team cards. I got to. I got a little taste of what it was like to be like. Who was it? Cav and like them. Oh, and Spence. Uh, who else was there? Uh, Spence. No, Spence is the DC at Miami of Ohio now. Yeah. Um. Cav. And then uh, what's his name? Who's the OC up at uh, South Dakota State now? Why am I going blank? Who is it? I can't believe I'm going blank on his name. Yeah. He's a friend of mine. Like, I I, I talked to him. Um, (laughs) Oh, God. This is embarrassing. Edit that out. Oh, Jason Eck. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Forgot about that guy, too. Yeah. No, so Eck, yep. See, the thing is, Matt Perkins, when you're on the scout team, you don't even go to, like, your offensive meetings. It's like, I never... For the first year, I never watched our game film or our practice. I watched, let's say we were like playing Michigan State. I would just sit in a room with Spence and everyone on the scout team, and we'd watch their offense. Yeah. So like, see, <laughs> so like, you know, he'd be like, watch the fullback or watch whoever you're going to be. You're going to imitate him. And this is the plays they run. And I would used to sit there and be like, well, this is so weird because – you get cards. The cards don't look like these plays. We're going to try to imitate like this team. It's just such a funny. And then you're only with the scout team guys. So like you yeah. have a good time as a scout team. Cause that's all, you know, is the scout team. I want to give that year up for a second. I love No, it. man. That was, I, I mean, that was awesome. And then, but it's a rude awakening when you get to spring ball, then you've been watching, you know, Michigan state's offense and stuff. Yeah. And all of a sudden I'm supposed to know like hot reads and read my triangle and shades his person you know, purposely trying to get me blown up over the middle and, um, <laughs> you know, uh, coaches just ripping our butts because like I-, I was used to watching other teams. film. <laughs> right. 
sadly, it is a uh, it's a dog eat dog world in and spring ball is like the quick awakening to oh, yeah. you don't know anything and nobody helped you. So now we're going to just throw you in and see what you can do. Yep. But uh, okay, fun. so let's get on track a little. Yeah. Bit. <laughs> it's good catching up with you. Yeah, I'm sorry no, that this is like sure. half the show. Matt Pete just has to like listen. Over there. He's like, what, what did I get myself into? This is what <laughs> I wanted to get into. I mean, this is the good stuff as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> the meat and potatoes. So, Clint, yeah. a little thing we do is like we always love to hear history and like how you went from, you know, point A to where you are now, but including like the Badger stuff, then you transferred. But like all of that is so cool. So we'd love to get into that. And then I think Matt Perkins probably has a hundred questions of like what you're doing today and what you're seeing and what you see from the Badgers, but what you're seeing from kids all across the nation. I have a thousand questions because I think football has changed dramatically to, you don't see anyone playing it on a field anymore, not like on a field, like before school or after school or like just for fun. So I'm, I'm assuming for you, it's more like laser focused with going to camps and going to these different things. So maybe it's easier for you to, to, to be able to find individuals, but that's for later. Let's go back. I just know you from Edgewood. So give me some history of like where you were, where you've been. I know you, obviously your father coached for the Badgers for a long time. Yep. How was it like growing up in the Cosgrove house? Um, You know, it's crazy. It's like totally different growing up in the Cosgrove. You've probably been over to my house and stuff um, back in Madison, but it's funny, like a lot of guys, uh, you know, my dad was kind of intimidating. He was a football coach, hard ass and, and all of that stuff. But like, you know, you come over to the house, the Cosgrove house, my mom's all sweet. And then, you know, my dad's totally different at home too. So uh, he's a lot more, you know, quieter. Uh, my, my dad's almost kind of like shy too, unless he's around a football world. So, um, so it, it uh, you know, it was, it was different in the sense that your dad's kind of like in a public figure and they're telling you to not embarrass them all the time. And, you know, whereas one kid gets in trouble, you know, nobody ever hears about it. I get in trouble and it makes the newspaper and all that stuff. So you deal, you know, you deal with that type of thing. Um, but, uh, you know, growing up around football was, was pretty cool. And I mean, that's, that's the reason I'm doing what I'm doing today. You know, you love the game, you grow up around it. Um, but not everybody, you know, I, I had a very unique childhood in the sense that my dad coached at the same place for like 15 years. I didn't move from first grade through when I transferred to Arizona state. And, you know, I, uh, my other, you know, friends who, who are from coaching families, they, uh, you know, they would get mad. They were moving every two years, going to three different high schools and all that stuff. So they didn't have necessarily the same love for the game that I had growing up. Um, because the game was good to me. Like we, it would just, it was Wisconsin. Like, you know, what it was like back then it's, it's different today, even though it's still Wisconsin, but, um, you know, that program was, you know, they took care of the people in it and it was a good time. And, uh, you know, we're going to Rose bowls. And and one of the cool things about coach Alvarez is he let the families be around. Like I was a football junkie from a young age. Um, I wish I would have been a little bit better at the game and I could have played longer or stayed a little healthier. Um, but, uh, you know, he allowed me to be around. So like, I remember, you know, I'm in first grade, I'm drawing up plays and sending them in and, like yelling at my dad if they didn't run him in the game, like like I even knew, but like you know, I probably had like fifteen guys on the field and they're running like backyard little like doopsy doo routes and then sort of thing. But I get like really mad, and um, I think Brad Childress was like one of the OCs at the time, and I'd be like, 
Coach Childress, you know, because when I was born, at, uh, my dad was coaching for Illinois, and Childress was also coaching at, at Illinois. Callahan was at Illinois back then, and all those guys ended up in Wisconsin. Like I knew those guys, and you know, being a young and not very smart, I'd go in, and, you know, I'd get mad and I'd put them on the board, and I'd be like, "You need to run this." And so that was my first, uh, you know, I guess introduction to coaching. Uh, and, uh, you know, I just loved the game and then went to, like you said, Edgewood high school played with, you know, Jason Palermo, um, a couple other guys who ended up at Wisconsin, uh, you know, played youth football with like Joel Nellis, um, and stuff like that. So we had a big group, um, because there was a decent amount of Wisconsin guys. Um, and, um, so a lot of those guys that we played with, you know, I grew up around and then that summer before, you know, when everybody came down to work out, like, you know, I would say for a freshman you know, class, we were a pretty close group. Like everyone got along pretty well. Like we had our, you know, our fallouts and our fights, just like everything else. <laughs> but like, um, it was a fun group. It was a close group. And so, you know, I lasted all of what, maybe a year at Wisconsin before I had like, uh, medic, another medical DQ. I'd have like more surgeries. I'm still having shoulder surgeries. I think I had my last one like four years ago gave someone a high five at the world series. My shoulder popped out, wouldn't go back in for 16 hours. And, uh, so, you know, so I'm still dealing with that stuff. But, uh, so after I couldn't play anymore, I transferred down to Arizona state, uh, just was a student, you know, it was hard. Um, even though like, you know, at that time you're young and dumb and you think you have this long future playing and, you know, NFL, even though anybody who looked at me knows I'm not going to the NFL, um, but you know, when you're young and you have dreams, you believe that. So that was a big kick in the face to me, um, when I couldn't play anymore. And you know, that, that first, you know, couple of weeks where I'm just, I think we were in the region. I'm just sitting there. Everybody's, you guys are in meetings, practice, all this stuff. I'm sitting there alone. And I was like, all my friends are, you know, playing football. Uh, I only came here to play football. You know, I wanted to go to like Arizona state or UCLA. They just didn't want to have me. <laughs> there. Um, you know, they're not going to take a guy like me from the Midwest and that sort of thing. So, uh, so I thought the best thing for me to do at that time was to get as far away from football as possible. Um, and cause you know, those were, you know, those can be dark days when you, when you can't do what you love. And then on top of it, you know, your whole identity is tied to it. All your friends are tied to it. So that was, uh, I wanted to go to a place where, you know, ASU football is still like good. There's talent and stuff, but like, the West coast and, and, and the PAC 12 and stuff outside of, you know, a couple schools, it's just not like, if you go to Wisconsin, you live and breathe Wisconsin football. Like it's a big part of that campus life. Sure. You go to ASU, you might not go to a game for four years, or you might go to the first game of the year, or you might go to the game and not even watch it and tailgate, you know, not that people don't do that at Wisconsin. They obviously do, but, um, you know, so that was good for me to kind of get away from the sport. I had an idea that I wanted to get back into football and that I was going to coach. Um, I was either going to do that or become an agent. Um, so I got a poli sci degree and lived the good life for a few years, pool parties, uh, Arizona state, no responsibilities outside of school. And then, um, a rude awakening right after I graduated, uh, I was lucky enough. Uh, you know, this is a, a profession where, kind of who, you know, can help you get into it. Uh, it doesn't save you to stay in it, but it can, it can definitely help you get into it. And it's hard to get into it if you don't know someone. So literally, I think three weeks after graduating from Arizona state, I got a rude awakening and I started as a, you know, a quality control at university of Nebraska. 
so I go from all the free freedom in the world to I'm working hundred hour weeks, um, you know, but, but I loved it. It was just, it was a big adjustment at first, but I loved it. Um, and I learned a lot that year. It was for coach Callahan. Uh, we went to the big 12 championship game, you know, I'm, uh, doing all the scouting reports, the breakdowns I'm up in the, you know, the booth with the headphones on doing all that stuff on game day, charting tendencies and learned a lot of ball is awesome. Um, you know, I, I did like it there, bought my first house there, all that stuff. But I decided, you know, uh, one, Nebraska is an interesting climate. It's, it's a, it's a fishbowl. And, uh, you know, I, I, one of the things I always struggled with, which, you know, being loud and obnoxious, you'd be surprised, but, uh, like, you know, just kind of being in, uh, kind of limelight, like I, it gives me anxiety. And, um, so I kind of wanted to get away from that one, but also I wanted to separate, not separate, but get away and kind of do things on my own away from my dad. And so, um, I had an opportunity to go to university of Minnesota. A lot of people were like, what in God's name are you leaving, you know, Nebraska to go to Minnesota? Um, but it was just, you know, it was a, it was a great opportunity to, you know, get more coaching in, um, you know, transitioning on to, you know, working with defensive backs on the field and, and all that stuff. And so I did that for three years. Um, and then I ended up at Dartmouth college and, uh, so, uh, coach a little Ivy league ball. And I guess somebody else is from Hanover around here too. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm from Hanover. I know, uh, Dartmouth very well. I, you know, I went to Dartmouth football camp every single year when I was in high school. I, uh, that's crazy. You know, my, one of my buddies is now the trainer for the Dartmouth team. Uh, I was recruited by Dartmouth. For track and field, but I didn't want to go to college across the street from my high school, like literally across the street from my high school. From Hanover High. Hanover High School, where my mom worked. You know, oh, God. my dad taught at the medical school. Like it was like very much like I, I couldn't I couldn't do that. I needed to get away, which is why I went to Wisconsin. I, I I'm curious what 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 coaching at an Ivy League school was like though, especially at Dartmouth. Um I mean, they have a very long tenured head coach there. Um, he's he's yeah. been around forever, uh, Buddy Teagan. So, um, yeah. So, what what was that like going from Nebraska and Minnesota to <laughs> Dartmouth, which is you know non scholarship. You know, kids. If if you get a scholarship there, it's for academics. It's not for football. So, what was that sort of transition for you like, and how did that change? You know, sort of your approach to coaching. It uh, it was a it was a big transition. Um. You're, you're just, and I had great kids everywhere that I was Minnesota, Nebraska. There was guys that I love, you know, guys that I still keep in close contact with the Ivy league. It was different. Um, it's a different type of kid. You have to have a different kind of headspace to end up going there. And like you said, you're not getting a scholarship for football. Now, the cool thing about the Ivy league is we get kids in the, our scholarship is we get you into school. And then you pay its needs base. So, um, you know, they, they do a tiered system. It's called bands. And, you know, it's a combination of your GPA and your, your test score and all that. And then you get a number and it throws you into band. You can take a certain amount of kids in each band. Uh, you can never, you know, push kids up a band, um, but you can push them down if that makes any sense. So it, it's a different type of recruiting. Um, and it, I mean, the kids you're, it's like the, you're coaching the future leaders of, of this world. I mean, it's insane. Like, um, just, you know, great kids and everything, you know, they did it cause they love the game. Um, but 
just overanalyzing things. Like, um, you know, you get up there and I'd say something, I'd be like, you know, uh, you know, coaching something up, teaching something. And then they'd be like, uh, coach, you know, like, uh, you said on, and they'd pull it up like from their notes, like last year on September 17th, you, you like in quotes said, why would anybody do it that way? No, we're not doing it that way. And then I'm saying, I mean, like, that's the type of kids you're coaching. Like our, one of our quarterbacks is going to be the future owner of the Steelers. He was a Rooney. Um, he's one of their head, like personnel or assistant GMs right now already. Um, you know, you got other guys, you know, like the owner of, or the CEO of uh, GE general electric, he played football at, at, at Dartmouth, you know, and, and those are the kind of kids that you're coaching. Um, and so it was really cool. And it, you know, it was, it's good football. Like it's, it's good football. Like I coached, you know, uh, got Sean, uh, Sean Abuhoff, you know, he was in the CFL and stuff for a little bit. Like you get some players, um, and they're smart. And sometimes you get, you know, paralysis by analysis where these guys are just thinking so much. So you almost try to dumb the game down for them, you know, to a level that I understand so that they play faster. Um, but it's, uh, it was a great experience. I loved it. Uh, you know, it's 10 weeks, uh, no playoffs, no bye week. Uh, and you have a division one budget, you know, it's not like I was going and staying in the red roof ends when I was recruiting and stuff like, um, you know, it's, it, it's, it's big time football at the end of the day. And it's division one football, even though it's not FBS and you can't go to the playoffs, but you know, like, uh, Yale gave a, well, it's UConn, but Yale gave a really hard game at, at UConn a couple weeks ago. You know, I think they beat army a couple years ago or something, but, um, you're, you're playing against, you're playing some good football and it was, it was, a you know, it was a good place for me to, I learned a lot there too. Um, you know, and it's, uh, the kids can learn, uh, they, they, they pick up a lot, but at the same time, like the school, the, like the amount of time that takes that they have to take and spend on, you know, going to school and studying everything there. Like, it's not like it was with, you know, we're in there at five thirty AM, you know, I mean, Bernie, think about that. It would be, I remember one day when my moped wouldn't start and everybody else's was out and I, I'm like, we've got to be, I've got to be to workouts in 20 minutes and I'm two miles from the, and I just took off running, you know, and I, I run in there and you guys are already in like the warm up. I'm in my coat. Like, I'm like, cause I didn't want to be on that stair stepper for like an hour straight with no hands on the railings afterwards. Like, you know, it wasn't like that, you know, <laughs> you know like, I'll tell you, I was wearing boots, Timberlands, and I never really tied them cause I was a knucklehead and my scooters, it, I came out of the towers. It must've been like, 20 below the scooter yeah. wouldn't kick start it wouldn't start and i'm like man i, I called up uh badger cab i called i'm calling everyone i go up i get my sneakers i put them on and i sprint sprint to the stadium and the only time i stopped was if there was a like if i couldn't cross the street to catch my breath it's minus 10 degrees 20 whatever it was i probably got there with five minutes to spare you're ripping stuff off like i didn't throw anything in the locker everything was on the ground I think I, I started the workout in those shoes, the sneakers, because <laughs> because you don't get it. Clint, what I, I have always said, you get on that Stairmaster until you basically threw up. Oh, yeah. Back that up. We didn't talk about this before. I've seen people like almost pass out on that thing. Remember Big Lowe's? Yeah. Well, Big Lowe's. Big Lowe's. I saw him do it. I saw Gino, Gino Cruz do it. Gino beats. He was after. He was way after. But the worst thing you could do is be late to your lift. Oh, yeah. Like, that was the nightmare. Yep. But Clint, let me get back for a second. The 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 um the demands for time 
must be so different, right? Like once again, at Wisconsin, I felt like you had 12 hours of awake time. Let's just say you were there for more than six hours at the stadium throughout the day in the morning to work out. Oh yeah. Probably more than six. Let's say oh, eight yeah. hours. Way more. What is the demand at Dartmouth? Is it the same? No, it's uh I mean it is, but like, you know, for instance, you know, like school, not that school didn't take a priority. It was kind of, I mean, like they, you know, I had to get to my military science classes and my my clap for credit and that stuff. No, I'm just they checked but, on um, you. <laughs> <laughs> they had they had a GM or uh, yeah, not GM. They had a uh, they had like Eck and Spence yeah. come by and make sure that you were there and sitting up. Every freshman class that I was in as a as like an older person, I knew to go to that one because they were going to yep. check it. Exactly. So you took military science the second year. You better be in. You better you <laughs> better be in that seat. <laughs> yeah. No, it was. Um. So like we had to be because those kids weren't like we weren't paying for their schooling. Like, you know, the, the school was either paying for it or their parents were paying for it. Um, and that's like a 65, seven. I mean, you would know better than me, per, but um, it's like a expensive education. So like we had no right to tell them that they're missing something for football or, um, and so we did, you know, we would, we would work around their schedules more Um and we would do lifts. We would have multiple lifts throughout the day. Not that we didn't do that at Wisconsin, but it was more based off, you know, age or if you played or not and all of that. Um, theirs was probably more based off school. Um, and, you know, we couldn't run, you know, if we wanted to keep, you know, the, the last period on the board and go for another three hours, like would sometimes happen, like that wasn't happening. Um, so, but the cool thing about it too was uh, these kids, like, they make it there because they're capable of succeeding there. Um, and they're very driven. And so like we bust everywhere, for instance, unless you had to like, uh, had like a non-conference game across the country or something. So they go to these games and they have, we'd have sometimes five hours on the bus on the way to a game. And these kids are doing homework the whole time. And, uh, like, so they had that level of discipline where, even if we didn't cater their schedule, they were either going to do their schedule anyways, or they were going to find a way to make it work. Um, and I learned a lot from these kids. Like it is impressive. And, um, and the other thing you learn too, uh, which I think is very interesting. Like it's really hard to get into an Ivy league school, a little easier if you're a good football player or an athlete or any sport or in band or anything like that. But um, the hardest part I almost feel like is getting in there. And then you get there because of your work ethic. Um, like you can be a genius, but you're not guaranteed to get into an Ivy league school. Um, you've got to have all these other, you know, components as a part of that. And once you get there, it's almost like your program to just the discipline's incredible. And, um, and I learned a lot from those kids and it was kind of like watching, uh, an older version of myself, just a much more mature version of myself at the same age. Um, you know, kind of like what I went through when I first got into coaching, like you're going to put in the time, there's no way around it. And, um, so that was, that was cool to see. And I learned as much from those players as, as, as they learned from me, I'm sure I learned more than they, they learned from <laughs> me. Um, you know, but I had a great time. They were no different as far as football players than the other kids that I coached at the other schools. They still like to have a good time. They still like to, play football. Sure. They still like to joke around. Like, um, it, it just, there was a different, you know, school component, 
uh, <laughs> involved with it. And um, so, but it was a great experience. I loved it. Uh, I very memorable time there. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't think I could ever see myself going back to coaching, but I wouldn't hesitate to go back to the Ivy League if I did. So speaking of that, so you transitioned to being a scout. Now, when did that yeah. transition happen? And, you know, sort of what was the impetus for that? Yeah, so I think it was like 2013 or so, um, 12 or 13. Gosh, that's a long time ago now. I feel like 2010 is like, like two years ago or something. Um, I, uh, you know, there's a lot of reasons. I, um, not very patient, uh, one, uh, but really the, 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 the bigger reasons were, you know, I saw my dad who had had a lot of success, uh, you know, nominated for coach of the year, all these bowl games, top five defenses, like all this stuff. And I saw him kind of bouncing around as he got older. And I was like, and I saw what it did to, you know, my brother and my sister, my mom. And in the back of my head, you know, uh, I, I'm kind of a high anxiety, overanalyze, uh, extremely analytical type person. And so I started thinking about, well, what happens if I want to have a family and I'm bouncing around and I've seen what it, you know, I see, you see a lot of, you know, football coaches, marriages not end well and all that stuff. And, um, you know, I, I, I wanted to, I wanted to have a safety net, I guess. And then my brother gets diagnosed with cancer and, I'm sitting here and I'm like, my brother could die and I'm preparing to play against Penn and I can't go and see him. And then I was like, so how important is football? Um, I realized I've made it my life and I put it on a pedestal and I love it. And if you love the game, it can love you back. <laughs> Not always, but um, I said, you know what? If, if, I, if I'm going to make a change, I better do it now. Um, because the last thing I want to do is put in another 10 years into this and then decide, you know what, either have the game decide I'm not allowed to be a part of it anymore or decide, you know what, this isn't for me. And it was hard. It was really, really, really hard because it was almost felt like you hear about guys like leaving a gang. Like I was afraid to tell like my friends, they're like, what, you're, you're quitting, you're giving up. Like, and, uh, it was hard. It was really hard. Um, but you know, because of those reasons, I was like, you know what? And this is kind of how I talked myself into it. And uh, I had met my wife. She didn't give two craps about football. Um, <laughs> first person I'd ever been with in my life that did not care about football. Um, and she'd be calling me at 10 o'clock at night and I'm in the office and she'd be like, you need to come home now. I was like, well, it doesn't really work like that. And I was like, <laughs> oh, this is going to be problematic. Um, so that pushed me towards it a little more, but then um, I told myself, you know what, I'm going to go and get business experience. I'm going to go and get a uh, real world business experience, get two years of that under my belt. And then I can go back to coaching football and I have a safety net. If that does happen, somebody will hire me. Well, what I found out was while I was trying to get these business jobs now I'm thinking, oh, this, this would be a, a home run. I can recruit. I'm, I have no problem working 110 hours a week. Like I live it, you know? Nobody wanted to hire a football coach. <laughs> they didn't see it as applicable skills. You know, they did not see. And so I'm what, I don't know, seven, eight years out of college and going to go and take a, you know, a, a introductory level job and all this stuff, or I could have sold, you know, uh, insurance and stuff like that. And 
so somehow I, I found my way back into football. Um, you know, I had already left. Uh, I didn't exactly know what I was going to do. I had moved to Chicago. Um, and, uh, yeah, I saw a thing on football scoop one day and my wife was like, you're miserable, go check it out. And so I made some calls around. It was for, uh, national preps, which is run by Donnie Zimmerman, um, on the, uh, it started on the East coast and then we've made it, or they have made it all the way across uh, the U S now, uh, from, you know, East coast to California, Southeast and everything, 270 clients. And overnight, like I was like, this is, this is the dream. Like I'm working at home. I am scouting football. I am working with these college coaches. Like my, um, my network that I had known from coaching plus my dad's network that I had known from growing up overnight, we had 270 teams that we worked with. Like my network of coaches just exploded. And in the back of my head, I was like, yeah, I'll do this for a few years and I'll go back to coaching. Well, the longer you're out of it and you realize the quality of life, yet I can still be part of this game. I'm making more money than I did when I was coaching. Like, why the heck would I want to go and have, you know, fans ripping me apart, the high stress, never knowing what you're going to get fired for, especially nowadays where you've got, um, you know, back when, when we play like Pat Richter was the AD, the guy's a football guy. And then you got Alvarez. Like you don't find that anymore. You have a lot of administrators without sports or football background working in athletics. And it has changed the way and job security. And there's so much money involved in it. Mm -hmm. You know, even back when we were playing Bernie, like my, my dad did well, but like he made less than a position coach in the Mac probably now. Um, just with the TV money and everything, like there's so much more money involved. You've got people getting into it to make money. Whereas back then you got into it because you loved the game. And, and if you could make a lot of money doing it, that's awesome. Now you've got people who never even played football. Not that you can't coach if you never played football. Sometimes you spent more time studying the game than a person who was around the game may have. And I know some brilliant coaches that never played, um, but it's just a totally different dynamic. Um, and just with the, the way the media, social media, uh, everything out there, like it's, it's, it's a different world. So I, uh, I did that for eight years, loved it. Um, and then COVID hit and it kind of changed things again. You know, one of the cool things about what I did when I was scouting is I basically did what coaches do during spring recruiting. I did it year round. I would go on the road. I had to find these kids before they were on the websites, before the colleges knew about them, compiled a list, evaluated, identified, and then would get them out to my clients, spoon feeding them guys that could help them win a championship. Um, and then what we did basically is we got what they would do on the road. Instead of them going and pounding the pavement, looking for kids, they could then go on the road during spring. We had already done it. And then, you know, nobody's going to just offer a kid. Cause I said, Oh, Hey, go and offer this kid but at least then they could spend their time recruiting instead of looking, then evaluating when they're on the road and then not knowing if they could recruit a kid. Cause they haven't watched the film and all this stuff. It just made their lives a lot easier. Um, and, uh, so yeah. And then, uh, you know, uh, rivals, uh, a few months back, uh, started talking with them and it was just, it, it was a great opportunity. And I had kind of reached my ceiling with what I was doing before. And this opened up a whole, uh, new aspect. And, you know, I, I've, uh, you know, I've always loved doing the podcasts and the, 
Uh, I've, I've done some freelance articles for places and stuff like that before. Um, but this, I think just, it was an opportunity to use my talents in the football side of things and really grow and learn and, and, and really challenge myself. I mean, this is, this has been, a, it's been a challenge, but it's been a lot of fun. Like I'm, I'm definitely motivated and, and I love it so far. That's awesome. And so, okay. So when you're evaluating kids now, let, let, let's, let's take the physical traits off the, off the table right now, because like we, we know there's always going to be physical traits that separate kids. What are some of like the, the mental or attitude traits that you think really helps or makes kids succeed? Like what is like, what, what, if you're evaluating kids, what, what separates on, on the mental side, you know, certain prospects from other, if they have similar physical talent? I, I mean, it's kind of cliche, but love for the game. Like you have to love football, especially if you're not physically gifted at the level of some of these other guys are, I mean, there are some serious freaks in high school that are just, you can look at them and know that that kid is a big time player, just the way they walk the way, you know, so you have to love it and you've got to be willing to, you know, you got to be willing to work. Um, there's certain guys, like when you turn on the film and you look at me like, I don't know, but then all of a sudden, like you can feel their love for the game, like come through on the film and like, you're excited to watch them. Just the motor, the sideline to sideline, like nonstop, um, like a motor is, is, is as simple as that sounds going a hundred percent every single play and never taking a play off. Like if I'm watching another kid's film and I'm still seeing this kid out of the corner of the frame, like all the time, and I'm not even looking for you. That's a big thing. Um, that's, that's a big standout. Um, so, I mean, the way you play the game is a lot of time, the way you love the game. Um, and a lot of the time you don't see what goes into that. Like these kids, th those who prepare the hardest and, and, and work the hardest, that is a way to stand out, uh, when your physical challenge might not, uh, otherwise. How do you do that know that you? they, how do you know they prepare like that? Like, do you talk, so do you talk with the, the kids individually? Do you talk with the parents? Do you talk with just the coaches? Like, what's that look like? Um, so it, it's really different at each step along the way. So as a coach, I'm talking with the coach. I'm talking with the lady at the front desk. I'm talking with right. kids in school, like to get that evaluation, you know, like when I was coaching, if I showed up at the school and they're like, Oh, who are you here to see today? And you could kind of tell like, they're hoping you say certain people and not other people. And I'm like, Oh, I'm here to see, you know, Matt Nelson. And they're like, Oh my God, Matt. And like, like, that's a good, that's a, that's a good starting point right there. <laughs> um, you know, because sometimes you'd be like, Oh, Matt, Oh, let's see if he's even here today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so when you're coaching and trying to establish a culture and bring in people who not only can play football, but there's just so many different aspects. Do they fit the team? Do they fit what you're trying to build? Do they fit your scheme? Um, and you know what you're looking for in your building and the culture you're trying to, uh, to, to bring in. Uh, that's, there's a lot more of that that goes on as a coach. Now, as a scout, I'm more looking at the physical, athletic, and academics. Mm -hmm. What is his length? What's his testing numbers? Can he bend? Is he fluid? Can he change direction? Can he hit? Is he physical? Does he have ball skills? Does he have body control? As a scout, I'm almost just evaluating body mechanics. Um, in the simplest form, I'm evaluating body mechanics and trying to project 
can this frame grow into this? Can these body mechanics maintain with the new frame, with the added weight, with maybe a position change? And what level can this project to? Are they a power five? Are they a group of five? Are they an FCS? Or are they like an elite game-changing type prospect? And so as a scout, that's what I was doing. I didn't, I didn't want to get involved in the, no, I would get transcripts and stuff like that because I'm not going to waste my client's time if a kid has a 1.0 GPA, even if he's the greatest player ever. I'll put him in the database, throw a big ranking on him, but I'm going to make sure that that 1.1 GPA is in there. So they can have him on the list in case something changes, especially if they're a young guy. Um, because the last thing I want them is coming to me, why well, wasn't so-and-so on here? I'm like, because they can't get into school. So mm-hmm. I'd still have them in the database, but I wasn't doing as much of a character evaluation because that I didn't really see that as my place. I was saying, can they play football? Can they play at this level? And can they get into that school academically? But there's, oh, sorry, Matt. No, no, go, go ahead. For it. I was just saying, there still needs to be some recruiting from the coaches. Exactly. And so that's like they what should get the character. I did not yeah. want to get involved in that. Um, because you're basically like, Telling you're giving them a group of guys. Like if they're like, we need an outside linebacker. You're saying these 10, let's just say these 10 guys will probably be your best bet who can play at this level. They have grades to get into your school. Now, now it's on the coaches to go and meet their parents and meet the kids at the, meet the teachers and meet the athlete and then figure out if it's a fit for them as well. Yep. So you're do, you're basically doing like all the legwork that I'm sure you were doing as like at Minnesota and Nebraska. Yep. Now you just made that into a full-time job, which is kind of awesome. <laughs> yeah. No, that, and that's, that's really what it is. I mean, because at the end of the day, like I can't, I can't name the culture of every school that I work with, or I can't say what's a good fit for them or not. They know that better than me. Sure. I, like you said, I do the legwork. I was basically like the recruiting GA for like, you know, it sounded cool being a football scout, but I was the recruiting GA for like 200 something schools, you know? Yeah, so it is really cool. Do, yeah. I have one more question, Matt. One more question. Clint, when you watch now, I'm sure that everything is so much different, right? Like we used to send VHS tapes. Yep. Right. And, and, and they always ask for one full game and yeah, one send highlight. You the video in the mail, in the mail. like put it on this tape. <laughs> it's amazing. So my question is, you can watch highlights. Everyone can have a highlight tape and they're awesome. Do you watch individual games? Do you watch seasons? Are you mixing and matching? Because I could send you from high school two or three games that I like completely dominated and made me look better than, I don't know, everyone in the world. But I could also probably send you three of my worst games and I would look like a jabroni out there. So what, what is that? Like, what's that look like for you? So as a coach, um, definitely game film. I mean, highlight first. Highlights like, does this get them in the door? Okay. Um, highlight gets you in the door. Game film. Uh, and that's where I go back to the love of the game, the motor and all that stuff. Like, you're going to see that on game film. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember sending out game film and being like, oh, God, they're going to see how much I suck, like, on half of the plays. But that's kind of the case with like a lot of kids, even the really good ones. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, so, but the game film is a big part because if, uh, I mean, there's two ways of looking at it. You know, as a coach, I say, I only need to say a highlight. It's my job as a coach to make him play like that every play, Mm -hmm. to coach him up like that because he's shown that he's capable of doing it. Or as a coach, I might say, you know what? 
he's capable of doing it, but am I going to be able to get him to do it? I watched his game film and it doesn't look like I am. Now, as a coach, I'm saying that's where I do a little research. Coach, does he love football? Like, is he going hard every play or is it just not clicking for him? Like, does he have it in him there? So like as a coach, that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. When I was scouting, um, I would watch full game film if a team asked me to, or if I was just looking for prospects. So I went to a lot of games, a lot of pros- or, uh, practices and everything like that. Um, but I did spend most, most of my time on highlights um, because uh, also what I do is, you know, I have all these camps that I go to, uh, I have all these times. So I'm evaluating arm length, uh, you know, speed, all this stuff. Um, like I said, it was more of a body mechanics evaluation. Are they a high, are they a twitchy person? Can they change direction? Can they bend? I mean, as, as weird as that sounds like bending is so important. Um, you know, be You're uh, like the NFL combine person. all year round. Yeah. Like measuring the pinky to the thumb. Yeah. Like, I mean, literally like all that stuff. And that's what coaches want to know because those are the things that they can't get. I had unlimited time around these prospects. I could go to any camp, any event, any practice, any game. I could show up at school. There, there's and no take pictures with them. Because there's there is no NCAA like that law or, or anything like that. Yeah. So I had, you're not you a know, coach. Yeah, exactly. We but had you to can't be also- certified by the NCAA. Right. Um, so yearly, right. We, you know, and we have certain yes. rules we have to follow. Like I'm not sitting there recruiting these kids or anything. You or can't one. Exactly. I was say, you can't say like, Hey, Wisconsin would be your best bet. Exactly. You're going in there just like completely. Hey, yep. I just want to, this is what I'm going to do for you. And I, I can't do anything regarding universities, but I'm going to put your, your, you know, your picture on and your speeds and, and grade you out and all yep. these things. Oh, that's, I, I mean, I didn't know this stuff. So this is fascinating for me. I don't think yeah, I didn't know there was this much re- of it when yeah. I was coaching, you know, because like, I didn't see that side of it. A lot of times I would give them a list of names. I didn't know where it came from, you know, like how on earth did they do this 20 years ago? Like when I got recruited, I legitimately send you a VHS tape and yeah. I'm sure half of them never got anywhere. Yeah, no, it's, and, and that's true. Uh, so like Donnie, my old boss, like he started it out, he moved into his, uh, he was a former college coach. They moved into like his in-laws basement and he just started doing it on his own, sending out free information for like two years until he finally started getting clients. And then it just took off. And there's only like three or four groups that do it, but like something new is popping up every day nowadays because there's so much information out there. Everybody's trying to capitalize on it. Um, it's kind of the wild west in the recruiting service world right now. Is it, do you watch a lot of YouTube and the huddle? Like, is that what uh, people are sending? Yeah. Huddle, huddle? Yeah. Huddle. Yeah. Huddles, huddles changed it all. Um, like so uh, for anyone who doesn't know huddle is like watching film, but online that you can c- cut clips and send it anywhere and anyone yeah. can really access these films. So it's like yeah. making a VHS tape where you would play, stop, go wait. You know, like it was making a VHS tape, but now you're doing it online, which is so much clicking plays and yep. sending a link. Like yeah. I could Google Matt Bernstein huddle, pull it up, press play. If I, I, if right I had there. the technology, don't Google Matt Bernstein college club or Matt Bernstein Wando's. I'm sure those are, <laughs> I should say, I got to go Google those, but, but uh, I wish you could Google anything on YouTube. There's one coach put on a, a ridiculous highlight tape. Clint, I would love for you to watch that highlight tape. It's like seven minutes. It's ridiculous. And then come back uh, on the show and be like, dude, you are a C 
plus at best. Like you don't bend, you can't move your, but your motor's high. I, I don't know. I got a great good. motor. <laughs> this guy loves the game. <laughs> I mean, you know too much about me. So, <laughs> so with, with, with that in mind, we've only got a couple minutes left and I, and I want to talk about this current Wisconsin team. Um, who's the guy that you see on the team that has that motor? Chanel. I mean, that guy's, Oh, and Sanborn. Like I, 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 I've been watching Sanborn play since he was a freshman in high school. Yep. Um, so his so my uh, his high school linebackers coach is my wife's cousin. No way. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So him, for both him and Brian, his brother. Yeah. No, his brother's a heck of a player too. His um, brother, his brother, you know, uh, her her cousin Will was saying that he was bigger, faster, stronger at the same age. He was. Yeah, I would say so. I'm trying. You know, I've seen so many. Like, I've seen thousands of kids, but like. Um, you know, when I watch Wisconsin play and I don't get to watch them as, as, as much as I used to. Um, but, uh, those are two guys that stand out. Um, I mean, those, and that's what Wisconsin football is really built on. Um, guys who play with that tenacity that like they're angry on the field, you know, they're playing violent football and they love it. Like that stuff. Like I look back, I stub my toe now and I cry and I think about how did I like dislocate my shoulder and then go out like that was fun. Like these guys are animals. Like, and they don't think they, they enjoy it. And um, those would be the two that really stand out for me when, when I've watched, especially like I was watching where they had Chanel, like, you know, in the a gap against army and like just flying through there. I was like, a lot of people be afraid to do that because I don't think people realize you're getting chopped at the knees by army. And like, you've got to be a, a madman to just do that. But like and, over uh, and over, you're insane. Yeah, over and over. And they know you're doing it. And they, so they can just dive at your knees. But he was so twitched up and just flying through there. Like, it was impressive. And I know, like, I remember watching the game and the announcers being like, and I've always thought it myself, why does anybody just stick somebody in that A gap and have let them fly through? I think a lot of coaches are probably afraid that they would blow out the knee of their player. But like, Chanel are just a freaking madman. It didn't matter. Um, so yeah, that sticks out when I, and, and you know, that's, that's the type of Wisconsin football that I grew up watching, you know? Absolutely. So have you scouted any of the guys that are going to be coming in, in this coming class in the 22 class? Yeah. Well, yeah, potentially a lot of them, uh, depending on where they, they go. Yeah, Han- Hansman um, and Shrouth are, the, are sort of the big two that are, uh, that people are waiting on, but have you had a chance to look at either, um, uh, was it miles Frank, uh, miles Burkett, the quarterback from Franklin or, or Joe, or Joe Brunner, the big, the, the big tackle out of, yeah. uh, he's from, I want to say like whitefish Bay or something like whitefish that. Bay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I would say the one who I've had the most, uh, in person evals would be Brown. Was it Austin Brown uh, from, from uh, yeah, he's from Chicago. Yeah. Area. Yeah. And, I like uh, him a lot. So he's, yeah, he's a little off the beaten path, but he's in Illinois, and that's where I'm based out of. I'm in Chicago, um, so I see the Illinois kids more. Um, but uh, he's a kid that I have an in-depth evaluation on, and I'm very confident that he'd be a very good player. Um, he kind of reminds me of like Reggie Pearson back in the day, mm-hmm. uh, who's actually Texas Tech now, where my dad is. Um, but uh, so Reggie was from Detroit coming out, and you know, physical kid, uh, you know, great body control. Uh, you know, it was one of those kids. He didn't have like testing times on. So he didn't know how fast he was necessarily or anything, but I saw him at multiple camps. And he just knew he was going to be a very solid player. And I feel that about Brown. Um, had he been like actually in Chicago, I think he would have gotten a lot more recruitment. 
Um, the kid's just a football player. Um, you know, great body control. He's very fluid. He's got a burst. Like he's really solid build. Um, and he can play a number of positions. Uh, I, I, off the top of my head, I don't know if they're bringing him as a safety or an athlete or, safety, um, I believe, but yeah. he's one that really stands out. Uh, Bruner, I, I haven't watched him in a while. So part of what I did before is like, once these kids picked up a bunch of offers, and that's the cool thing about rivals now is I get to continue. I'm only evaluating these top tier kids and I get to evaluate them through the finish, which is really cool before once these kids got the, like the offers and stuff, my job was kind of done. Like who needs my evaluation after 10 teams have offered them, you know? So like Brenner early on really liked him. Um, uh, Austin Barrett, that's another one. Uh, and actually I did an article recently about, you know, five guys who have, um, who have raised their stock in the mid or, you know, in this past year, he's a kid that I think has incredible upside. Um, he, uh, you know, obviously Wisconsin legacy, and, uh, is it, is it Barrett? It's Barrett, right? Gosh, I got so many names in my head. Uh, no, or is it, who's oh Nelson, Nelson, gosh, Barrett, Barrett Nelson. Okay. Barrett Nelson. There we yeah. go. Yeah. yeah his no. dad played, obviously his brother's on the O-line now. I think he has, a, he's a kid that as like a sophomore and it was really projection wise that I thought he could end up being a national recruit. Um, and yeah, and he's I, like, a, he, he's still listening to rivals as a two-star. Yeah. That's going to change. That's going to change. Um, well, it should change. I don't know. We have our, we have our, well, I, we have I think you were, you were thinking of Dylan Barrett, the offensive lineman from St. Charles from two Ooh, cycles ago. Love. Yeah. He's, he's, he's he was on a the 20, now, He right? was a 2020. Okay. And he's got a younger brother who's, mm-hmm. uh, he does. Yeah. Who, who's a who's national really recruit. good. Yeah. Um, he's got, well, you know, at the same age, he was a little more developed. I thought even than Austin. Austin was very good coming out of high school. I don't, has, has he done much? Is he playing for Wisconsin I mean, he, right now? He, he's, de- I mean, Wisconsin is so deep at offensive line. Yeah. You know, I mean, they have more four and five stars of offensive line than every other position combined. So yeah. he's like, he, he he's on, he's like, in the, you know, I think third string depth chart maybe okay. at this point, but you know, he, yeah, he's behind guys like Jack Nelson and, you know, yeah. Joe Titman, who's been a revelation at center. Oh and, my gosh. So Titman was one of my favorite players coming out of high school. Absolutely loved him. I said, uh, I remember hitting up uh, coach Rudolph after I saw him at a camp and I'm like, you guys got like the steal of this class. I was like, this kid is going to be an NFL player. Um, has, has he been really good or. Yeah. He's come on this season. I mean, he, he took the starting center position from a two year starter and, and he's young. He's a, uh, I think redshirt sophomore and he's been, he's been aw- especially the last couple games. He has been awesome. The PFF grades, you know, bear that out as well. He's been, you know, arguably their best offensive lineman. I think that now that he's got, they had some exchange problems with him and Mertz in the first couple games. Now that they've got that down, you know, him and Mertz are roommates. Oh, are and they really? So, okay. Yeah. So it, 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 it's interesting to have the center of the quarterback as roommates. I think, I think that's a good thing. They've, they've clearly got that bond. It is. They can wake up and do the, you know, get under center, like first thing in the morning, make sure everything's flowing, you know? Yeah, well, listen, me and me and my I, I played center and my high school quarterback and I would see each other at Salt Hill Pub in Hanover after y- years later. And I'd hike I'd hike beers to him in the bars. You know? <laughs> That's amazing. Listen, I would love for Bollinger to hand off a beer for me in a in a bar. That would be amazing. I think we could absolutely make that happen. <laughs> we could probably make it happen. We could. So you how have to I, go to Minneapolis to do that? Yeah, but that's fine. I will listen. I would for just one beer. Um, I know we're running out of time. Could does it does your job now make you make it hard to be like a fan of a team? Yeah, 
Um, you notice I'm in straight rivals gear. I, I don't have Wisconsin gear on. Um, it, it really does. And I think, you know, just growing up in this, you learn that kind of growing up, it's more about relationships than it is the logo. Um, because the teams that you love the most, you can end up hating the next day. And, hmm. um, so you just end up being like, I cheer for friends and family and stuff like that, uh, more than I do for teams. And then really now, like, especially being on the, you know, the media side and everything like that, like I cannot have any favorites, show any favoritism to anything, um, which I'm good with. Like, you know, I can be a fan in my head of certain teams, but, um, you know, it's my job as a professional to put all that aside and look at everything, you know, just like it's black and white. And, um, you know, and I think you learn to do that growing up as a coach's kid anyways. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, Wait, you hit us your... with your best, like your happiest kid you looked at and you're like, okay, great. Let's this guy. And he went wherever he went. Maybe he's in the NFL now. Like, do you have like a cool story that you're like, wow, this is my most proudest, like your diamond in the rough or something like that. The one that, that um, you yeah, had before I mean, everyone, like, you have a, you have a bunch of those. Um, I would say one that like sticks out of my head is Jamison Williams. He's the receiver at Alabama now. Mm -hmm. um, so we go into uh, a camp in Chicago and I'm watching this kid and I'm like, this kid's a freak. I was like, who is he? So I'm asking around, who is he? You know? And then I realized that my friend coaches him. I was like, what's his deal? Like, well, he's uh he's actually a track kid. And like, you know, he's telling me his track times. He's like, he's, you know, he, he, he played on varsity, you know, this past year, I don't can't remember if he was a freshman or sophomore. I was like, this kid is going to be a major, major talent. So I take a picture next to him, uh, write up my evaluation, send him out to all my schools. Um, and I can't remember how long it took, but like, he like blew up, ends up going to Ohio state, um, played right. a little, but like, you know, they're loaded at receiver, played a little there as a freshman, I think. And then he transferred to Alabama and now he's like the dude down there. Um, and so like, there's a lot of things like that. And you can never be like, Oh, I'm the one who found a kid because like the kid was going somewhere, whether I found him that day or not. Sure. It's just, um, you know, I had a platform to when I did see a kid and I felt strongly about my evaluation, I could get him out there. So, um, you know, I'd never want to like claim a kid or anything like that, but you do have stories like that where, you know, you found a kid and you saw it in them and it's, it's fun, especially when they're great kids. Like Jamison, I just, he's a great kid. And so to see, uh, you know, them live out their dreams when you saw them early on. And there's, there's a lot of kids like that. Um, so and speaking it's, of Jamison, cool. we actually had uh, Brandon white on the podcast a couple of weeks ago who runs receiver factory and yeah. Jamison's one of his guys. Yeah. Yep. No. I, oh, B white. How's he doing? Oh, he's great. Yeah. He white is a great. We connected a little bit. Yeah. Um, he white is that, great. yeah, that's awesome. That is awesome. Um, yeah. Jameson can go now. <laughs> <laughs> that's really cool. Wow. Man, Clint. So I'm going to send you this, uh, video. You can probably find it online. And I want to hear a little quick mock-up of what high school, you cannot know me from college. Like to, let's put that aside. You have to just do a mock-up of, the high school highlight tape that I send you. Okay. That's I'm it. On. I just want to hear it. It's only eight minutes. Like you could just be like, Oh, look at this guy. Eight minutes. That's a long highlight film. Yeah. I, this coach who I never, who never coached me, put it together. Well, so, you know what? I saw a list of uh, the, like the greatest Jewish athletes of all time. 
And honest to God, you were on there, man. Thank you. So, like, you've got a huge fan base. Hell yeah. The Hammer, you, baby. You do. Yeah. Um, also, out of nowhere, somebody te- sent me a text. In New York, They were. Uh, it was on some radio show. Uh, I was number 10 of the best two-way player. So they have guys like Julius Peppers, like, on that list. Like, I think he was a New York guy who played both ways. So I was on that list, and I was like, there's how the hell did I make that list? But I mean, hey, I, you know, like we, I was because you're good. Because, you know what? <laughs> you're a beast, dude. I because I had a love for the game. I absolutely love football. It was my freaking life for like eight years. Well, you were years. big and you could run. Like, and I there's loved not very many people. people that could run and you're physical. You love the game. Yeah, I love like trying. it was fun. You're out there getting, you know, breaking your nose and smiling. And, and yeah. you're like, this is fun. Like, you I gotta did. I have that it. side to you, man. And you, really uh, do. And you had that. That's why Matty P rushing the field is a terrible thing to do if I'm on the field. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And it's funny, Vitaly, Vitaly texted me after after the show, and he's like, he's like, Perko, like I completely agree with you. I don't know what Matt is thinking, letting kids rush the field. I just think rushing the field is so cool. But you're right. If you came in my face and was wearing a, a Michigan shirt, like you were gonna get hurt. Yeah. So. You're right. I okay. I'm starting to change a little bit. Not really. I'm going to rush the field next time I'm at Wisconsin. We beat a, a, a ranked team. All I'm saying is I'm not just going to run up to an IO guy and be like, "Yo, you suck, dude." So I'm going to stay away from those guys. Yeah, act like you've been there before. Especially Come those on. Iowa guys. I mean, they're built on that, kind of like the Wisconsin guys. Yeah, act, act like you've been there before. That puts me right back into my place. Oh man. Well, Clint, this has been great. I'm I'm super pumped to hear what you have to say about high school Matt Bernstein. But, dude, honestly, you're doing fascinating things. And thanks for coming on and sharing with us. No, thank you. And sorry if I talk too much. Not at all. No, it's, we, we love it. And we're, we're going we're gonna to bring you back uh, around early signing period, I think, to break down some of the guys. So. Awesome. No, I'd love to do that. That'd that be would be fantastic. And I, would, and I think we need to do – we're, we're going to do a little special. Matt, you sent me that film too, and we'll get we'll – get Clint. I'll cut up a video for it of Clint, <laughs> yes. you know, of Clint breaking down uh, oh, Bernie yes. highlights. This will be fantastic. Yeah, that'll be great stuff. I'm getting I it out it. ASAP. See, see what see, you know, we like what what does he hear? He sees the hole really well and he's patient, <laughs> wait, waiting for his blocks to develop, and then he uses physicality to run oh, through the yeah. smaller defenders. Yeah. <laughs> to run through the smaller defenders. I mean, sadly, that's it, it was a lot of smaller people on the field. What high school did you go to? Edgemont, like a real small school next near Scarsdale. Oh, yeah. So we were class C at this point, and D is the lowest. So, okay. you know, like Zalewski and all these dudes would be like, oh, look, at you. you're the biggest guy in the field. Obviously, you're good. I'm like, Zalewski, I'm blowing you up, too. So I'm obviously good here. It's like, <laughs> <you know. laughs> What's Zalewski doing nowadays? He he actually lives in Madison. He's doing really well. I remember well. his visit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Gillen was psycho. his host and Gillen was my roommate. Zalewski's a psycho. He's exactly <laughs> what you were talking about. Like the, the crazy uh, Wisconsin dude. Yeah. No, but he's he also a, he, to me. He's a good kid. Like I love hanging out. Like he's my best oh, friend. No, I, 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 I wasn't around what, really when he was there, but yeah. like I remember on his visit, we we had a lot of fun. He's got, he was, he's got a little screw loose up there, but a lot of dudes do. You know, like you I think everyone it. I played with has something. You have to like a you little bit be, off. You got to be built different. You got you really do. I mean, it, you. I mean, you don't have to, but to play football, you need to have like either like a super competitive streak or like a super violent streak, and yeah. when those two combined. Those are the best guys. Yeah, no question. And They're your body also the better best be able to handle defensive it. guys. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Your mind better be able. To... See, the problem is 
my body stopped just like yours stopped handling yep. at yep. some point and said like, dude, you're mentally trying to like do what you did as like a 20 year old. And now oh, you're, yeah. you're too old. And it's sad in football life. You, 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 you know, like when you hit 25, you could be really old in that game. Oh yeah. Sucks. But Oh, well, it's like, we're all doing okay now. You know, <laughs> what was me? We're surviving and <laughs> kind of thri- trying to thrive. <laughs> yeah. oh, Papa, I miss you. I miss you so much. I miss the locker room. I miss getting yelled at yeah, by your dad. That's why I'm still, still, uh, still trying to stay around it as long as I can. <laughs> Dude, I, I think it's so great. It's so great. All right. Well, thank you. I can't wait to have you back on. It's going to be yeah, hilarious. No, <laughs> No, I, I I can't wait either. I might get a microphone for your uh, to, uh, to to just, break down uh, your narrate film. it. Oh boy, yeah. Well, this could be narrate really the, special. The the, we'll, we will make this. We will we 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 will blow this out and absolutely make that happen. So, <laughs> Clint, again, thank you so much. Uh, and until next time, on Wisconsin, on Wisconsin. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, guys. Have a good one. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Clint. You're the All best. Right, we'll see you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.